welcome to Reading Literature in the Age of Trump. My name is Autumn, and today we are joined by... Scott. Lisa. Serafina. And Cassie. So, uh, we're talking about uh, The Power by Naomi Alderman. Uh, in this book, women uh, spontaneously develop the ability to deliver electric shocks, and it switches the existing power dynamic between men and women. Uh, so I'd like to start by asking Scott, um, what was, what do you think the big takeaway from the book was? What message did you see in it? Um, I thought the overall theme of the book was that, uh, power is abused regardless of who has it. So, um, for example, right now, in usually like the men have the power and they tend to abuse it. And when the, the book was trying to say that if it was flipped, if the women have the power, they're more likely to abuse it as well, just because whoever's in power seems to abuse. Okay, yeah. and um, what yeah, do you say? I guess that's how the power structure uh, mm -hmm. looks like. Mm -hmm. um, with power, there always needs to be someone at the top and someone at the bottom. And um, uh, those with power need to have someone to use it on. So would you say there's an alternative presented, or is it just kind of bleak? Uh, Alleman explores what would happen if women uh, received the power and got physical stronger, and uh, asked questions as, uh, would it be a better place? And when those who have been abused in that position take control, are women more nurture and kinder than men? But then uh, it doesn't seem like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, it seems that power is genderless and it's more about the individual. Mm -hmm. And I also feel like it's saying no matter what, if we don't consciously try to change how we think about power dynamics, there's always going to be power dynamic. Like mm -hmm. we're always never going to be equal with one another. And how do you think that change would look? Like what would... Change the look? No, how, how would that change look? What would that change be? Like, how could we change how we think about power dynamics? Like, I feel the novel could have gone in a totally different way, whereas, like, women suddenly were still the nurturing that we are presented to oh, be I nowadays. Oh, I that. But, I mean, you're saying the book is suggesting that unless we change the way we think about power dynamics, so what would that specific change be? Like, I don't know how to explain it. I believe like the change that you're trying to talk about is like learning from our past and understanding that although there is a power dynamic that's present, uh, we need to do our best to like figure out the ways that it's being abused. Like for example, Ali's foster mom, mm -hmm. she receives the power and continues to like have little girls be molested. Mm -hmm. um, so there's so many ways that power is turned into something evil when it doesn't necessarily need to be. So it would have been amazing if the book had explored maybe a different way for women to approach that power. Mm -hmm. And so do you agree with the overall message of the book about power being abused? Um, I do definitely agree that power was abused, but I don't necessarily think that um, Naomi Alderman did justice to women in this book. Um, <laughs> but you know. So you think it might have gone differently had this happened in real life? Um, I couldn't say. I don't know what would happen if we all could <laughs> shock people with our hands, but... <laughs> I'm guessing it wouldn't have gone exactly like this. Mm -hmm. That would be like a cool power. Like I work in customer service, so if a customer just annoyed me, like zip, <laughs> like zap. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd be nice. Um, yeah, and humans find comfort in structure. We need it. 
uh, as Samuel conveyed with the, that we humans wanted a king and then God said that the king would make us slaves but we wanted it anyway and uh, so we, we need a structure and like Ali in the beginning she wants safety and security for her own but then for all uh, but then why this current structure so uh, did you did you like the book in yeah. that case? So and why is that? What is it you liked about this book? Uh, well, first I disliked the portrayal of women uh, in lack of, of uh, compassion, but then I thought that uh, this is the way the story needs to be. Uh, the gender roles have flipped, but by doing this. Um, it's easier for all readers to recognize what a horrible society that would be. And then it turns to point out that we already live in that world, only that the men are in power. So the contrast just seems worse now because uh, we're not used to seeing it this way. Okay, and um, did anyone have any like moments of just like, oh, just holy light shining down insight kind of thing when you read this book? Um, something that really stood out to you even? What stood out to me was the letters at the end between Naomi and Neil, like her counterpart, her male counterpart Neil, where when she like says, imagine a world run, ran by men. Like they're so gentle, they're so compassionate. <laughs> It'd be a very gentle world to live in. And that reminds me of now where we kind of idealize a world ran by women saying the same exact thing, but this book shows the complete opposite because it goes from a power dynamic of men to women. Um, so, uh, so as the only guy on the panel, I think, uh, Scott, yeah. uh, was there anything that you think you, you read differently than the rest of us did, <laughs> maybe? Uh, or anything that was, in, was specifically strange about reading this book as a guy? Um, no, not, not really. Mm -hmm. um, I just thought that it was... I really liked the book. I thought that they should, like, multiple times while reading, I thought, like, man, they should make a movie out of this because <laughs> it was pretty interesting. And, like, um. It's funny, I had the same thought. I was like, I want a mini series. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, but obviously not structured because I mm -hmm. thought the book, the way it was structured, like, um, how it skipped from character to character. It just kind of got confusing towards the end. Mm -hmm. And so I, I would have liked it if it was, like, a, like, I don't know, like a fourth of one person, a fourth of... But I understand because I did like, on the other hand, how the book would say, like, six months to go mm -hmm. or a year to go because it kind of made me, like, think, like, or want to read more, like, what's going, what's going to happen, you know? <laughs> that made me, like, really anxious. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is going to happen at the end? Like, what's happening? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Since yeah. it covers ten years, it's, it needs to be fast pacing. But it's in expense of characterization and uh, portrayal of, uh, for example, the training camps. I would like to know more about those. But we don't get uh, deep into any character or. Mm -hmm. So what? How would you have liked to have seen that? Like what? What specific like aspects of these characters would you have liked to have seen more of? Um, like explore uh, Alice's uh, mixed uh, race mm -hmm. more and um, to, um, it's hard because it needs to be this fast pacing uh, and it is in the expense of the characterizations 
but it would also be nice if it could be three books instead. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Um, one of the things to talk about something that I didn't like about the book um, was kind of the gender explanations that we received for multiple characters. We never got a full story arc for Joss. We didn't understand why her powers didn't work or mm -hmm. why some guys had power. Um, and I felt like that was really underdeveloped when it could have been a major theme of the story. Um, Serafina, do you have anything that you liked or didn't like? Well, I felt like Alderman <clears throat> had a chance to create like these really great characters who could have had full-rounded you know, personalities in my eyes, but because it was very fast-paced, she never really got to make them third-dimensional. They were very like one-dimensional characters to me. And that was kind of disappointing because I felt like Roxy could have been this like really cool, badass character, and she was the archetype for that. But we don't really get to see her in her weakest points. Like immediately when Tunde and her meet up again, she's reminded who she is, and she becomes that badass character again. They definitely like avoid the trauma of women in the story. Like Allie doesn't really get any satisfaction besides killing her like rapist. Which is ironic because in a way it's a story about the trauma of women mm -hmm. and it still seems afraid to actually explore it in some ways. Definitely. I think she's afraid kind of to point out not necessarily like the weaknesses of women but some of mm -hmm. the struggles and are more... Um, intimate parts of ourselves because that somehow lessens like our power as women even though that's not necessarily the case yeah I think that's that's very accurate yeah it's like um the whole book has like an asterisk next to it almost <laughs> um I thought like a very pivotal scene in the book was like on page 62 where Tunde is walking or not 62, sorry, 295. Mm -hmm. um, he's like walking past a group of women and they're laughing and everything. And he just feels so afraid to walk past this group of women. Mm -hmm. And it just reminds me of like how many women nowadays, like even me, have gone past a group of men and it's like, All don't look time. at me, don't look at me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do not exist. <laughs> Same, yeah. Yeah, that's all the time. Or even just like if you see like one guy, you're like, I'm just going to like walk slower so that you're walking in front of me. And then just hope you forget I exist. Yeah, mm -hmm. or like being catcalled. Like one yeah. time I was walking and this guy was like, I love you. And I was like, I don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's so weird. Mm -hmm. oh. As far as catcalls go, that's a really weird one, I feel yeah. like. That's trying to figure out what's going on <laughs> mentally there, but okay. Um, were there any scenes that stood out to you? Um, scenes that really stood out to me for like the development of the book also revolves like around the trauma of women like I mm -hmm. feel like even though it was being covered up it led to bigger things within the novel like mm -hmm. Roxy getting her power stolen eventually ended with like women empowering each other and taking care of like a weaker woman an example of Joss like mm -hmm. they came together against Roxy's power and her brother um and then Allie's realization of like the mom her foster mom like orchestrating this whole terrible thing that happened to her now doing it to other people like that allowed her to understand like I need to do more mm -hmm. to push forward and my question is do we think she really understood because she seems to have this moment of realization only to then uh, go back entirely to wanting women to win and doing anything it takes to achieve that so what what do you so for me that was a big disconnect at the end of the book was it seemed like Allie had this great realization 
only for that to be ignored in the next chapter. Did anyone else kind of get that sense? I definitely got that sense also, <clears throat> especially like because she goes to the extreme mm -hmm. of starting a nuclear war immediately. Yeah. And it's like you could have figured out a different path to go down, yeah, but felt you very went for the war. Yeah, it didn't really match up with the rest of her arc up to that point, I felt like. Yeah. Um, so why do you think that was included then, that, that moment of realization for her? Um, if it was so disjointed, what, what do you think? I think <laughs> I think it was included um, to kind of represent one of those moments when like women can be weak, women mm -hmm. can make the same terrible choices that men make when they're in positions of power. Um, I think it was more of a way to demonize Ali because she hadn't really done anything wrong at that point. She had kind of grown this following. She had like become this Mother Eve representation for a lot of women. And at this point, they started to be like, okay, well, Ali is leading these women who are also like gang raping men. Ali's leading these women who are like now in power to do these terrible things and like murder people. Oh, Ali's starting a nuclear war um, when she didn't necessarily need any of those things to be like attributed to her she could have definitely just worked on her covenant thing and it definitely shows that we don't learn from the past like we criticize men from the past about starting wars like just jumping into it but in the novel all the women do the same thing instead of just working it out a totally different way which they could have done yeah absolutely um can we talk uh I think we should give it a little more time before then. Um, or you know what? Yeah, now now might be all right. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about that. Yeah, how? Um, let's start with uh, Cassie. Um, how did you think uh, this related to? Uh, to the Trump era and how did it help you understand that? Um, so I know after talking in class about it, a lot of people came to the conclusion that this had a lot to do with like the Me Too movement. Um, my mind first was drawn to menonism and like <laughs> the displacement of men when women are empowered. Um, we are given like weird insight through like Tunde's part. Uh, where he talks to like these men who are like bombing women shelters or women centers for like health um and i feel like even though men in power that's like totally happening now like you can't go to a planned parenthood in some states like without getting threatened um oh, yeah, absolutely so i definitely thought that was like an interesting perspective to take and also if women were supposed to be like entirely demonized in this book which it seems like it was why weren't they stomped out first they figure that women should have like destroyed that if they were destroying innocent people. But I don't know, that just seemed like a loose end for me as well. Not related well, to the Why weren't era. what stomped out? Um, why weren't like these crazy dudes who were doing these crazy things to like support their manliness and their like natural claim to whatever? Mm -hmm. um, why weren't they taken out first? Mm -hmm. They should have gone. <laughs> Well, they also, like, didn't really know who they were. They just knew the guy was named Urban Docs, but they couldn't find him. Yeah. I doubt that's so. his... His, uh, his actual name. Legal, real life. Yeah. Yeah. But if they could make all of um, 
Eve's information disappear from the internet? You're telling me they couldn't find out who Urban Docs was? That's a pretty good point. Yeah, that's fair. Mm -hmm. That's a good They point. have ways. <laughs> <sighs> so, for me, I felt this book was very, like, represented, like, represented the Me Too movement very well because I feel the Me Too movement started from a good place. It was a platform for women victims and male victims to come out about the sexual harassment, abuse, rape that they have received in the past. But then it kind of got twisted into a thing where it was like, let's villainize men. Men see, are terrible. I don't terrible. see that. Well, I was talking kind of earlier before the discussion about recently um, the whole Amber Heard and Johnny Depp case. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys heard about that, but basically um, when the whole Me Too movement started, Amber Heard came out as saying that Johnny Depp abused her. Mm -hmm. And then everyone was like, he's like Harvey Weinstein. He's a rich, white, male, privileged Hollywood actor who could go around abusing women. Let's make her the icon of the Me Too movement mm -hmm. for the entertainment business. And then it just came out like really recently that she actually abused Johnny Depp. That there's audio of her like throwing plates at him and cutting his finger and all this stuff. So it really tarnished the whole like image of the Me Too movement, and it also made it very hard for actual victims to come forward mm -hmm. and talk about it because everyone's like, "Is she another Amber Heard?" Oh yeah. So that's what I was talking about. Like this book had the potential to like be a real feminist novel, mm -hmm. but I felt like it just missed that. Mm -hmm. And how how did it miss that for you? Like it made it show that. Because feminism is like men and women are always going to like should be equal mm -hmm. in every single way, but this just showed that there's a power dynamic, and they weren't equal in the end. Mm -hmm. So you would describe this as not a feminist book then? No. Heck no. No. <laughs> yeah. Not at all. Do we agree with that? Uh, no. <laughs> all right. Because uh, women are portrayed as the same way as men are. Like the power holds up a mirror and reflects the society we live in and its history. Like we see the most powerful man in the world who's narcissistic and power hungry, condescending abusive to a woman and real issues. Mm -hmm. And in the book, that's kind of Margot. She's uh, mm -hmm. uh, the one who's after power and money and she's uh, abusive of men, mm -hmm. like sexual harassment. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and the author who encouraged to write under a male pseudonym, mm -hmm. uh, like in this case it's Neil, or a woman who has her work stolen by a man, that's Tandy. And so it's kind of uh, shows that women and men are equal. And it is, uh, so in that case, it could be a feminist novel because feminist wants uh, equality for everyone. And uh, yeah, that's uh, it. I like what you say, it makes a lot of sense, but um, I originally didn't think that it was a feminist novel because um, pretty much it's showing, I thought that like, when um, when the roles are reversed, that pretty much no matter who or what is in power, whatever is in power is pretty much going to suppress and uh, 
uh, abuse the power. All right, so going back to the uh, the idea of the Trump era, um, how did you see that? Uh, how did you see that relating to, um, you know, today and the book interacting with that? Um, and did that give you any insights into, you know, kind of the era we live in? Yeah, I think I thought about the, the power nowadays, uh, that you can... Uh, reach far with internet and social media, so the power is to be heard. And when millions of people have a message, it can't be ignored, like, like me too. And that's how uh, the power structure looks like, or Allerman explains in the beginning of the book, like it's a tree and the base in the beginning, they are the ones who makes decision and it goes out to the branches, but if all the little uh, light dots, as she calls it, uh, conveys another message, like millions of people. Uh, those ones who are in, in charge, they can't ignore it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. Makes sense, yeah. And you, Scott? Um, yeah, uh, just like she was saying, um, I think that now to the, like, for the Trump era, um, it's definitely, like, empowering and abusing it. So, um, yeah. All right. Um, I think that concludes our, uh, discussion. Does anyone have questions? Oh, um... Yeah, uh, thank you, uh, Cassie, Lisa, Scott, Serafina, thank you all. Um, and I think to sum up the discussion, um, this book really presented kind of power itself rather than uh, any particular gender as being the problem. And I think that raises the question of how do we diffuse that power uh, without just reversing things. All right, uh, now if I can figure out how to stop this recording. <laughs>